Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. What do we got today, Rick? We're going to be ranking some second round running backs. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's popping? How are we so, doing, Fantasy Champs? My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. I got a nice fantasy football trophy. We got one more draft show. Pre 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 season. What what do we call our content in the off season? Pre regular I mean, this season. This would be preseason content, but you this know. would be preseason content. Uh, we got we got one more draft related episode. Actually, if you include this one too. But we have a mock draft Tuesday, and then uh, we got we got our regular season content coming at you. For me, week one starts Monday. Yeah, pretty much. So if you want to earn yourself one of these, buy our draft guide. And listen to us. <laughs> Talk about everything. <laughs> Uh, we got a lot to get to in this episode. We're going to talk specifically about the second round and the running backs in the second round. Normally, I would say the third round is where you snag your running back, you know, because I've been following for the last three or four years. I've been following the same strat of going with uh, so a running back in the third round and a wide receiver in the second. But, you know, in, in, in this particular year, we have some weird things happening. Wide receivers are falling way down the board. Running backs are getting drafted far too often. So the strategy of choice for me this year has been drafting running backs. Yeah. So we're going to give I mean, you our favorite second round running backs in this show. Or we're going to rank the second round running backs for you so you know who to take in the second round. There's a lot of a lot of good running backs in the second round. Yeah. So Hopefully they all work choices. out. Hopefully. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen, but... Before we uh, jump into that, check out our website, thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs, on uh, Instagram at the Fantasy Champions. You can check us out on TikTok now. TikTok, what's the handle for TikTok again? Uh, Fantasy Champions. Oh, there you go. Same as Instagram. So just go over to TikTok, like, follow, do all that stuff. Um, you can go to facebook.com for us as the Fantasy Champions. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcasting platforms, be sure to subscribe. Subscribe will help us the most. Leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. If you're listening on YouTube, uh, be sure to subscribe, click the bell for notifications, and then uh, like and comment down below. Um, can you tell them about the draft guide, Rick? Yeah, um, guys. You don't have much time left, so you might want to purchase it. It's $25. One of those we things. got full rankings. We got breakouts, busts, player draft values, player breakdowns, and so much more. So mm -hmm. make sure you tell your friends about it. You got like a few days left, really. Yeah, yeah. This weekend is going to be the weekend. Um, a quick word from our sponsor. I say we get started with this ranking of the second round running backs. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Should, should I go from top to bottom or bottom to top? Uh, ooh, good question. I think we should do bottom to top. Yeah, let's do it. Well, we'll 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 let people boil. So we'll start off with number six, um, and he's one of our busts. But more recently, I feel like this man's has been falling so far down boards that it's almost worth drafting him now. Yeah. Is, it he, is, is he even is he even a bust anymore? That's the real question. 
Um, Depends on where he goes in the draft. I think yeah. it's funny. One of our uh, one of the TikToks that Rick put out the other day, as you mentioned, we have a TikTok now. I'll yes. name drop it twice. Uh, that Rick put out the other day, ranking our running backs, and people seemed very triggered that we did not have Aaron Jones <laughs> in top the seven. top seven. So what's funny is that um, the industry seems to have a consensus opinion that he's uh, not a top 10 running back or not a top eight running back. Um, but everyone else seems to think that Aaron Jones is a top five running back. So <laughs> for the sake of this argument, where you're drafting him is not bad. Um, but he comes in at number six on our rankings of second round running backs. I believe he's a back end of the second round pick. Um, his ADP, I'll pull it up. His ADP being um, 17 on average, yeah. according to fantasy pros. So, I mean, we've talked about Aaron Jones a million times and why we think he's going to be a bust. I mean, obviously, I think I think for him, the efficiency that he's shown over the course of his career has been nothing short of awesome. Um, one right. fantasy point per opportunity. You know how my, you know how I love my fantasy points per opportunity. Sure. And so he had one fantasy point per opportunity. For me, I think that is the very topic that it starts for Aaron Jones is opportunity. And I think that in that offense, it's hard to watch because there are games where he rushes it twenty times and has five catches. And then there are games where he gets seven touches total. And it's like, if you get seven touches total in a game, you get one fantasy point per opportunity. Yeah, you get seven fantasy points, but in a half PPR and PPR league, that's disgusting. So um, I think for me, Aaron Jones is just going to be an inconsistent guy who gets you not a lot of opportunity. And we've talked about the touchdown regression in the past, but I think for me, it's like, I don't think he's going to lose that touchdown, like, or red zone um, rushing share that he had last year. He'll probably get the same mm -hmm. amount, but it's just a matter of, there's a lot of variables that go into Aaron Jones, not scoring 19 touchdowns again. Um, and so if he gets like 10 touchdowns, 11 touchdowns, it's still good, but it's, it's a loss of close to 60 fantasy points to his total last year. So um, that drops him in the bucket in terms of, where he lands. I think he, he ends up as a RB 12 RB 13, which if you're drafting him off the board, is that all the power to you, not a bad play, but if you're drafting him as a top 10 running back and he ends up being RB 15, 16, 17, then you're losing your league. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, we've talked about Aaron Jones multiple times in the show. I think of the list of second round running backs that we have, I think we both very clearly yeah. agree that yeah. he was at the bottom of it. Um, not that he's, it was bad, easy. We yeah. just put him in first and then did everyone else pretty much. Yeah. Um, not that he's bad. Uh, his, his ability in the receiving game, mm -hmm. especially with the lack of weapons in green Bay is going to make him a good player. Um, right. he's always been efficient. He's still going to be the, the RB one on the team, right. even with AJ Dillon and, and uh, Williams still mm -hmm. there. Uh, he's still going to lead the team in carries and yards and touchdowns as well. Um, the problem and the concerns that we have though is, Again, like you said, it's just the 19 touchdowns from last season. That That yeah. is not going to happen again. Um, where people are drafting him is just a little too high for where he's going to mm -hmm. most likely finish. Right, right, right. Uh, not saying he's bad. He's going to be good. He's um, not a trash can. <laughs> right. But yep. he's just like you're drafting Aaron Jones at his ceiling pretty much. Um, mm -hmm. Unless, of course, he can get the 19 touchdowns again, which – again is very unlikely right um and <clears throat> one thing that concerns me 
I think more than others too, is the AJ Dillon, the praise that he's gotten mm-hmm. um, from Matt LaFleur and stuff. Not necessarily that he's going to take any carries away from Aaron Jones, but he might I take think the it's goal concerning, line carries, yeah. which Aaron Jones was great at last year. I don't, I don't know what, I don't how think many he takes all of them. He had. No, I don't think he takes all of them, but, but he's going to take enough where yeah. you're going to see a dent and Aaron Jones's total fantasy points. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a legitimate concern. Yeah. I think the whole offense, I think the offense like in general, like last year was relatively efficient. And as Rogers gets older, I, you know, I'm not saying the Packers aren't going to be efficient offensively because they've always been, but as the, as he gets older, they be, they've increasingly gotten more inefficient, you know, in terms of production um, offensively. So I think that also will probably hurt Aaron Jones, but I hate to say like blanket regression because you have to have reasons behind the regression. Like you, there's, there's, you can't just say, Oh, he's not, he's not going to score 19 touchdowns because he can't do it. Well, so here's what I'll say about that. Um, AJ Dillon for one, right. One touchdowns. Right. Uh, the offense is not going to be as good as it was last mm-hmm. year uh, with the loss of who's there. Well, Devin Funches wasn't there last year, but they didn't, they lost Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Um, the teams, the offensive line is getting older yeah. as well. Aaron Rodgers is getting older as mm-hmm. well. Uh, I personally, I don't know about you, but I, I don't think the offense is going to be as good this year as it was last year. Yeah. Um, so there's two reasons right there. And then Aaron Jones, just, it just, the 19 touchdowns is very hard to do for any player. Like how many players will get 19 yeah. around 19 touchdowns a year? Right. Um, it's just did it like twice. Event. Right. <laughs> but he had so, a certain amount of opportunity. Yeah. See, that's the talk, thing is that sometimes... And he was on the uh, one, like, the five best... Yeah. Some of the some of the biggest, like, analytics that I like to look at for running backs is obviously red zone percentage and how much they touch the ball in the red zone because touchdowns are king in fantasy football in any format, Um, which is why he was so efficient last year, uh, Aaron Jones, with the 19 touchdowns. But I also like to look at snap percentage and mm-hmm. see how much that person's on the field. You know, we faded Mark Andrews tight end from the Baltimore Ravens this year because his snap percentage was 52% and he just can't keep up with that amount of production at such a small snap percentage for Aaron Jones. It's that kind of same situation where they go RBBC. They like AJ Dillon. They like Jamal Williams. They want to get all of these guys, the ball, and it's like if they're if they're like it's hard and no matter how much you run the football to get three running backs involved and have all three have success. I mean, the the only running back tandem that I can think of in the last 10 years that was super successful and two guys from that offense finished in the top six at running back was Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara and Alvin Kamara's rookie year. And it's like that does not happen very often where two guys finish high. I'm not saying that that's going to happen for Green Bay, but I feel like. AJ Dillon could come in and, and start pulling some reps away from, from Aaron Jones. And that's, that's more specifically why he's, he's, if you're in the second round, if he's all you got and you want to take I'll a running take back, sure. take him into the second round. Yeah. Yeah. But if he, you know, I mean, obviously we think he's going to be a bust, but if, if he's late enough in that second round or early third, you know, I would just take him at that point. There's a big take gap the between the second round running backs and the third round. Running yes. Backs as well. So, right. Um, if Aaron Jones is there at the end of the second round, he's definitely solid. Player. So he's he's just at the he's at like if I'm in the second round, say I'm picking early in the second round, he's he's the last guy yep, I want. Right, you have your choice yeah. of running backs. So um, let's talk about the number five guy, Austin Eckler. I feel like we as a program have not talked too much about Austin Eckler this year 
Um, with the exception of the ranking shows, we've spent a majority of our time talking about Clyde, Mixon, Jacobs, Miles uh-huh. Sanders, and Austin Echo just was non-existent for some reason. But right before your drafts this weekend, we are going to tell you about Austin freaking Eckler, I guess. Um, Better late than never. I mean, we have talked about him before on the show. Yes, yes. Not right. as much as the other guys. So, I mean, obviously, we saw Eckler last year without Melvin Gordon. It was uh, crazy. It was insane. I do. What, what did, what did uh, Melvin miss the first four games of the season? Four games of the year. Eckler was the RB2. Oh, see, so you already got it. I was going to look it up. You um, already got it. He's the RB2 in the four games that Melvin Gordon missed last year. Mm. Uh, he was just four points behind McCaffrey for being the RB1. Yeah. And he averaged close to 24 fantasy points a game. Wow. So he was very, very good. So, I mean, there's obviously some variables as to why that happens. Eckler is known as a pass-catching running back. Um, he had 108 targets last year for 92 catches. Um, he catches 85% of his passes. So the more passes you freaking throw to him, he's that's, that's insane. The fact that he had 108 targets and caught 92 of them. Um, he had 900 receiving yards and eight receiving touchdowns. Um, I just want to pace out the four games that he started early in the season before Melvin Gordon came in. Um, if you pace that out, he had 224 rushing attempts for 880 yards. That's disgusting. 3.93 3.93 yards of carries like David Montgomery. Um, uh-huh. That's not very good. And I think a lot no. of people don't really know that notice that about Austin Eckler. Um, I think that we look past that cover our eyes and go, Oh my God, he's so good at receiving. And it's like, he he's fantastic. He's one of the best receiving running backs in the game. But I, I think for me, when you look at like literally he had a hundred targets, 96 receptions. This is what he's pacing out for after the first four games, 1000 yards receiving and 12 receiving touchdowns. Yeah. So I think in terms of efficiency, he might get a little bit better in yards per uh, average, you know, the yards per average. Right. Like he maybe like he averaged for the whole year is 4.2. Yeah. Um, if he did that for the whole season on 220 carries, he gets around a thousand rushing yards. Right. So that's, I mean, 2,000 all-purpose yards. And, I mean, this was this pacing was 24 touchdowns, which isn't going to happen. But, you know, like Ridiculous, that's that's yeah. girly RB1 2018 right. numbers. Anybody gets 20-plus touchdowns is going to be a top three. RB. Automatically a top three. RB, at least Please, RB for two. the love of God, Miles Sanders. Um, but, no, I, I, I am concerned about he's not a very – and I, so many people are going to be pissed off that I say this, but he's not a very good – running running back <laughs> no you're you're right i mean if people, even if people are pissed off like compared to the other guys yeah, yeah, in yeah. his range i mean and he's I, not i feel like i feel like the guys like josh kelly the guy they just drafted justin jackson you know even if they if they choose to go out and sign leonard fournette or devonta freeman or somebody eventually is going to come into this offense and play the melvin gordon role and austin eckler may what you may end up with is Austin Eckler playing the same role that he played with Melvin Gordon, which is not a bad role, you know, because when no. you look at, when you look at the second half of the season after Melvin Gordon came back and he kind of took over that starting role again, um, you pace his numbers out in the receiving category and he still gets 111 targets, 91 receptions, 964 yards and seven touchdowns. He gets hundred and hundred to hundred to 120 rushes for 500 yards. He's already got 1500 all purpose yards and about seven to 10 touchdowns. And he's, he's, he's a high end RB too. So, I mean, it's a good, 
that's a really good running back for you to grab. And I think yeah. what excites people is that if they don't give the ball to Justin Jackson or Josh Kelly a lot, and they do give it to Austin Eckler and he does rush it effectively, like that 4.2, 4.3, 4 4.4, maybe 4.5 yards per carry, then he could be a lock to be a top three running back. Yeah. Eckler has a lot of upside this year for sure. Um, and I even, I know you wouldn't cause he's your boy, but I was even thinking of putting him one spot higher on this list. Um, yeah. because I do lo- love his upside. He does have some legitimate concerns though. And I think rushing the football is one of them. Um, but he's a very good player, very great receiver. Uh, and again, last year, his first four weeks. The Patriots just cut Muhammad Sanu. Um, I'm going to say that this is what a waste of a second round pick, first of all. And I'm going to say that they're cutting him for a specific purpose. Well, there was, there was, so there was rumors, um, cutdowns are happening already. What is it? Thursday possibility. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, uh, that's a little bit surprising. I, I, once I saw that it was possible, I, was not surprised by the break. Do you think do you think this is, is to clear some cap space? Well, it's not. We don't need to clear cap cap space. He's got twenty six million dollars. Uh, I think it's just the fact that he's not very good. Yeah, All I right. mean, anyway, <laughs> not that this has anything to do with what you're talking about. I just wanted to no. note that Sanu Muhammad Sanu get has the, been cut. Get by the, the gunner Patriots. gunner <laughs> gunner shares up and Nikhil Harry. Gunner maybe. gunner. Oh yeah, I guess that means that uh, who's the other guy? Jacoby Myers made the team. Yeah. I guess. Anyway, so what were you saying about Eckler? Um, I was just saying that I think his running, uh, like his actual running ability, like you said, is probably yeah. his weakest spot, and it could be right. a legitimate concern because there is a chance they could bring in a, a guy or or maybe Justin Jackson or Josh right. ends up getting more carries than people expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but Eckler has just as high of a ceiling as any other of these guys that we're talking about yeah. because of his ability to catch the ball and yeah. run the ball. Like he. I mean, he, he's the only guy in the league that could do what McCaffrey does mm-hmm. in terms of like he could get 200 something plus yep, uh, right. carries and over 100 targets and mm-hmm. potentially 100 catches. Like it is legitimately possible for him to do that. I mean, I think um, I think the the most ugly part about this, too, is like when you look at his efficiency metrics just on the ground, he's number 27 in yards created. Um, he was number uh 20 innovated tackles in the NFL, number 25 in Jew great, number 16 in big hits. Um, he averaged six defenders in the box, which is number 57 in the league. He faced a stack front only 9, 9.8% of the time. And when he did go up against a stacked front, it was 1.2 yards per carry. I mean, these metrics don't lend to good things for Austin Eckler, considering Phillip Rivers is not there. And I don't think right. defenses are going to hold Tyrod Taylor accountable. They're going to hold their best playmaker accountable which is i would say austin eckler at this point i mean you could argue keenan allen is probably their best playmaker but at this point for me like i think defenses are looking at austin eckler as that main guy so uh, i think it's a little bit more difficult for him to have success on the ground more specifically this year but like you said the upside is definitely there for austin eckler we're not saying don't draft him like i certainly like him far better than aaron jones (laughs) that's for sure um but I, I think there's a lot of risk tied into Austin Eckler in terms of efficiency. Right. We don't even know Another, what the charges are going to look like. Yeah. Um, one more concern that I'll quickly say that you kind of brought up was that Philip Rivers is not there anymore. And we know how much he loves targeting running backs. Um, so is Tyrod Taylor going to target Austin Eckler over a hundred times? I mean, yeah. we think so, but that, I mean, we don't know. 
Right. Yeah, I like it's, the player it's tough. Plays, though. I, I do like the player. Um, anyway, I, I think as a final note, I think there's a reason why, not just because Melvin Gordon was there, but I think there's a reason why Austin Eckler was not utilized in that way more sooner, you know? And right. I think that people yeah. are not really taking that into account. He's, he's a good, he's a good running back, but he's not, he's not a pure rusher. You know what I mean? Um, he's not, he doesn't have the same kind of capabilities rushing the football as like a Christian McCaffrey. He may have the, like, I would say he's on par with, with McCaffrey's rece- receiving chops. Yep. He is. But uh, his rushing, he just does not have that element. And maybe that changes this year. Maybe he put the work in. I mean, he certainly looks a lot bigger according to his Instagram posts. True. <laughs> you saw that picture, but um, let's talk about our number four guy, Kenyon Drake. I think for me, Kenyon Drake, I put him over Austin Eckler. He kind of has, he doesn't have the same receiving upside, but I think he's a better rusher um, than, sure. I, than Austin Eckler. And I think that, I've talked about this before. Everyone has been talking about how Kenyon Drake and and the people who think he's going to be a bust think he's going to be in some form of an RBBC. RBBCs are reserved for football teams that move the ball relatively slowly. You know what I mean? Teams that run the ball a lot. Seattle, right? True. Um, Baltimore, right? They like to use their running backs, all of them, pretty pretty frequently. So... For Kenyon Drake, the big thing is they're in a Cliff Kingsbury offense with the air raid where they're trying to run 70 plays a game. And right. if they're trying to run 70 plays a game and lead the league in you know, the amount of plays they run, which is what Cliff Kingsbury said last year that he wanted to do, um, they're not going to be able to rotate guys in and out at running back. So if Drake is on the field, Drake is going to be on the field. Like he's going to stay on the field for a majority of the time. So you can take that and Joe and Benjamin's going to get receiving work and toss that in a garbage can. And you can take that, you know, Chase Edmonds is going to steal the job stuff and throw that in the garbage can. It's hard to steal the job when you get three carries a game. So I think for me, like Kenyon Drake's going to get all the work. They obviously like him. They traded David Johnson because they liked him so much. Also, they got DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, yeah, that is, yeah. Their offense has improved. We talked about that before. I think I would just take him over Austin Eckler because I, I think Austin Eckler has a chance to lose the rushing job. Whereas Kenyon Drake doesn't mm-hmm. Kenyon Drake can do 60 catches in a season, which I don't know if he'll do that this year. I'm not, don't quote me on that. I think it'll be around 45 to 50, but he can do 60 catches in a season and rush it 250 times and have a really, really successful, you know, um, season right. and finish as a top five running back because he is a better player pure running back than Austin Eckler is. So I feel like the upside's there for me when it comes to like, I think Austin Eckler, Kenyon Drake have the same ceiling, but I think there's less uncertainty surrounding Kenyon Drake. Sure. If that makes any sense. I mean, yeah, no, I agree with you. There is uncertainty with him though, but I don't think it's as It's not the same as Eckler. Right. Um, There is a chance that he will be a bust. I mean, we've talked about that before, but we also both do really like Kenyon Drake. Um, Obviously, we've talked about how when he got traded to Arizona, he was the RB4 um, in fantasy, averaging about 18 points a game. And people have talked about, well, he can't do it for, like, we've never seen him do it for a full season. Like, you've heard that argument on Twitter a lot. Yeah. We both have, which we both have kind of talked to each other about how it's kind of stupid because you've never seen a lot of players do it for a full season. We've never seen Clyde right. do it for a full season. never seen Jonathan Taylor do it for a full season in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Drake did it for 
half of a season once he got traded to Arizona. So to me, I think I've seen enough evidence. You've seen enough evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because he couldn't do it before was because he was with the worst offense in football with the Miami Dolphins. Now he's in a potentially top 10 offense in the league. Um, and we saw what he was capable of doing last season. Uh, you know, he, he, I think while he was at Arizona, he had a 72% snap share when he was playing last season, um, which was, would, which would put him like eighth among running backs. So if he does that again, yeah. uh, you know, it kind of also proves that Cliff Kingsbury isn't going to use the RBBC too. Cause if he was, I think that number right. would be lower last season. Uh, I know they were battling with some injuries, but there was this time where David Johnson was still healthy and there was still was the main the running ball, back. If you remember that? Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of out the window too. Mm-hmm. For me, Kenyon Drake is just, he's, he, he's kind of a risky play, but he's a very good pick in the second round. Yeah. Um, who's, who has that top five upside yeah. and is playing in a very good offense. Yeah. I uh, totally agree. Um, I, I mean, I've, We've, you know, I don't, I don't want to sit here and talk about Kenyon Drake as a player because we've done that all off season and what he can do. Right. Um, so I, I think it just, it just comes down to upside, you know, and, and uh, like for me, I think there, there is a balance between, I always talk about taking calculated risks in fantasy football. And I feel like Kenyon Drake is a calculated risk where Austin Eckler is just a blind risk where you just don't know. Like we know more about the Arizona Cardinals situation than we do about the Chargers situation with Austin Eckler. You know what I mean? Like, is Tyrod going to be good? How are they going to run that entire offense with Tyrod? I sit there and watch hard knocks and try to figure it out with Los Angeles, but you know, no idea. I think, I don't know if Eckler's necessarily a blind risk, but he's more of a blind risk. He's more of a blind risk, right? So uh, like for me, I think you know a little bit more with Kenyon Drake than you do with like, Sample size with Kenyon Drake. He was a top four running back, what, over six, seven, eight games? Mm-hmm. Kenny Austin Eckler was a top three running back over the course of four games. Four, right. So we, the sample size was small, and he started off the season good. But there's also three more quarters of the season than he had to play in order to stay successful. So right. it's, like, it's like you saw it more with, with Kenyon Drake. You know, I think you can trust Kenyon Drake slightly more than you can Austin Eckler. That is not me saying that Austin Eckler can't be better than Kenyon Drake this year. That's for certain within the realm of possibilities. Um, don't come trolling me when, if and when that happens with Austin Eckler. But like, I just feel like the safest play here is is Kenyon Drake, especially in the second round when you want to try to get a guy who you think has upside and a breakout potential, um, but also provides a good floor. I think that the basement could fall out for Eckler and. You know, he could provide a top five season, but he also could be in our a low end RB too. So right. not that I think he will. I'm just giving you the realm of outcomes. Um, number three is a clear. This guy actually is I was a little surprised to look at the ADP and see him in the third round. I mean, in the second round, because he's been in a lot of industry mocks. He goes in the in the in the first round. Um, yeah, top 10 even. And see so, yeah, a top 10 even. So I think, you know, for this discussion i think a lot of leagues are probably drafting him outside of that top 10 top 12 there it's usually like if we're, if we're taking clyde it's a pick 13 so i'll just assume that he's a second round running pack for the sake of argument and i'll have him i actually would put i personally would put him ahead of joe mixon um but for you okay <laughs> i won't i won't do that um so I sorry, I was reading a, a message from our group chat, and uh, one of our friends in our home league 
said Buck's going to get Fournette. <laughs> Not a deal done, but they are serious suitors. I want to know what these sources are before I start freaking out about yeah. Fournette. I was again, I was in love with Rojo this morning, so... You know how hard it is for me during the offseason after we draft not to like see a highlight from camp and run out and like freaking trade for somebody. <laughs> I, I saw a Dobbins clip from a week ago and he made a ridiculous catch. And I was like, I need this guy I on my team. I, I, <laughs> I like him right now. I'm like freaking offering anything to get Dobbins. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> so anyway, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is number three on this list. I think clear. He has a he has if he's the number one guy on this team, which he will be, and I don't think Fournette's going to sign with the Chiefs. I feel like every time we have a discussion about any of these players, it's like, does Fournette sign with this team? Yeah, because uh, Austin Eckler, uh, Austin Eckler is one of those guys that could, like, I think Fournette fits the Melvin Gordon role in Los Angeles very well. Oh yeah, he would. That he would was, be a great fit. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, the Chargers on our last show. I would think. I think that would be a perfect fit. But anyway, Clyde, assuming Clyde is the workhorse, he's in a running. He's in an offense. We talked about all the metrics. We talked about all the statistics. You can go watch our other shows on our top ten running backs and all that different stuff. And we talk about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. All of that's on bare on the table. I think the biggest thing for me, we talk about floor ceiling and all that stuff. I think he has a very high ceiling especially in that chiefs offense he is in the best offense among all of these offenses um like you talk about the raiders just listing off the the offenses that we have on this list the raiders the Bengals, the cardinals the chargers the packers i feel like you know obviously by far and away the best offense on this list is the kansas city chiefs and when you have a starting running back from the best offense in the league and a running back that they drafted in the first round that they believe in like, I right, believe this exactly, guy has yeah. Kareem Hunt upside. Like, Kareem Hunt year one where he's a top three, top four running back. Like, he has that kind of Absolutely. upside. Absolutely, yeah. And I think his floor is, like, number nine. So it's like the realm of outcomes is really small for him, which is why I would take him in the top three in the second round. Like, I might even take him... Like, if Josh Jacobs is on the board at the beginning of the second round, then I take Josh Jacobs. But for me, like I said, if Josh Jacobs is gone and he went in the first round and it's the second round and Clyde's there, I'm taking Clyde as my favorite second round running back at this point. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you can make the debate that he's higher on this list, too. Right. Um, I just think the only reason that I put him third on this list is just because I he's never done it before and he's still a rookie. Um, and I don't know, you know, we've never, we've never seen how the chiefs are going to use him either. Like, yeah, I, I'm just a little nervous about that. But other than that, dude, like, I mean, we've talked about Clyde. On, I feel like every show <laughs> we're, right. we're very big Clyde truthers. Um, I love him. I <laughs> Huge think, Clyde know, truthers. Don't ruin them yeah, for Don't ruin them. He's like you said, everything you said, best off in the league, handpicked by the coaching quarterback. Um, right. Every review so far out of camp has been all, nothing but good, similar mm-hmm. to like a Jonathan Taylor. I mean, ESPN had an article, uh, I think this morning, saying mm-hmm. like why Clyde Edwards Hilaire is worth the hype. And it was saying how everybody in camp is saying how good of a player he is, how hard of a worker he is. Mahomes is saying all this stuff right. about him. It's nothing but good. He's going to get, I mean, what we're expecting him to get at least right. is a season where he gets 200, like right. 30 carries ish, like 60 receipt, mm-hmm. 60 targets with like 40, 45, 50 receptions. If he gets 60 receptions. what did you say? I know you stuttered on that 60 receptions, oh, six, but 60 targets. Just say it. Said, just say it. Targets, just I say 60 receptions. If he gets 60 receptions. Just say it. It's over. It's over. It's, it's, over. Over. it's, it's over. over. If he gets 60 yeah. receptions, it's freaking over. 
Um, Top then, three. You know, I've talked about this point before too. Yeah. And like the chiefs had, I believe 16 rushing touchdowns last year. Um, like they run the ball more than you would expect on the goal line too. I mean, they are yeah. the best offense in the league, so they're going to score a lot of touchdowns anyway. So there's a ch- legitimate chance Clyde could get like 12 rushing touchdowns and like two or three receiving touchdowns would put, brings him like 14, 15 total touchdowns. That's crazy. Lots of catches and lots of carries. And it's, the sky's the limit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm very excited about Clyde. Um, to give you an update on that uh, Leonard Fournette situation, Albert Breer, um, who is tied into, uh, he's used to be a New England reporter, probably knows Tom Brady well. So he's probably tied into situations in Tampa now, considering Tom Brady plays for the Tampa Buccaneers. He says that the Buccaneers have emerged as a serious suitor for Leonard Fournette. Uh, it's not done, but there's serious interest there. So another weapon for Tom Brady may be on its way. We will keep you updated with anything that we know. That's very interesting. That. Uh, I like that more fantasy-wise than the Patriots. I, would you expect LaShawn McCoy to then probably get cut or not uh, get cut? M- just not McCoy get would probably get cut or not used in general. Um, yeah, it'd be a can't keep four running backs. Field. They might redshirt Keyshawn Vaughn his first year, honestly. Yeah, that's probably what would happen. If they bring in Fournette. If they bring in Fournette, yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, number two on our list after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is Joe Mixon. Um, You begged for this, so I gave it to you. I I have had some some concerns about Joe Mixon. I think he does have top five upside, but I'm very concerned about the offense in Cincinnati being any where close to good i think they're going to be better than they were last year i think mixon's going to be better than he was last year and i think he'll probably finish at eight or nine but um for me i think there's concern more specifically that what if mixon just turns out to be the running back in the first half of the season that we saw that was averaging 3.6 yards per carry and was just trash like if that happens that scares the living crap out of me and like I don't like him as a first round pick as a second round pick, early second round pick. I'm all, I'm all for it, but I don't want to use my first round pick on a guy that has a very wide range of outcomes. In my opinion, um, I do think Joe Mixon's going to break out this year. I do think that he's going to be very good. I think that he has high ceiling and all good things, which is why I would draft him in the second round, which is why he's number two on this list or number three on mine. Um, but I do think that there is some concern uh, surrounding Joe Mixon at this point. And I think that people were just blindly taking him in the first round, expecting him to break out, probably need to do slightly more research. Sure. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I get, I get your points. Um, for me, Joe Mixon, like what he was in the first half of the year mm-hmm. is not what he was. Right. Uh, I believe if you remember correctly, didn't he have an ankle sprain that he was battling in the beginning of the season last year? Um, I believe he had uh, an ankle sprain that he was battling and as well as the offensive line was probably the worst in the league by far. Yeah. Um, and then they got a little bit better. They still went, they went from like 32nd to 30th. Yeah. Uh, and just that slight difference helped Joe Mixon a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the offense was so putrid last year. I mean, this year it's going to be much better. Joanna Williams, who they drafted 11th overall last season uh, at the tackle position. I think he plays left and right tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't play a game last year. He tore his ACL in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, so they, they're they bringing him in. I believe they signed uh, an interior offensive lineman as well. 
So they brought in two guys to really help that offensive line. Mm. So that's going to, I'm not saying the offensive line is going to be good because yeah. I still think they got a lot of work to do, but it'll be better than what it was last year. Mm. Um, then AJ Green's coming back. So that, that offense as a whole, they drafted T Higgins, uh, Joe Burrow's coming in there. I think the offense has upside, a lot of upside. Um, and year one, you know, they might not be great year one, but I think they'll be much better than what it was last season. Um, and even, and even if it was as bad as it was mm-hmm. last year, Mixon finishes the RB 13. Yeah. So, right. I think that's a floor for him with a, a ceiling. No, I, I would agree. Offense. Cause he is a workhorse workhorse. He's yeah, a yeah, true yeah, for sure. workhorse. I, I, and, I uh, can't remember. Somebody said, I was trying to figure out Joe Mixon a couple months ago and somebody referenced that. I was like, why was Joe Mixon so bad in the first half of the season? Obviously I broke down opportunity and how he didn't get as much opportunity, but taking opportunity out of it and talking about efficiency, he was just trash. He was absolute garbage in the first half of the season. It was bad. And then the second half, he got a lot better. So somebody referenced an ankle injury that he had that he was dealing with in the first half of the season. And then after the bye week, um, Uh it it, might have gotten better with, you know, an absence for two weeks. But for me, it's like they systematically changed their entire kind of strategy with Joe Mixon after the bye week. And it worked and the offense actually moved the ball a little bit better. So I, I, I obviously, I think they're going to do that this year. I think they're going to continue with that, but there's always the chance that Joe Mixon does what he did last year. Um, like I said, I'm targeting him in dynasty leagues. I'm targeting him in drafts. Like, I don't think he's going to be bad and I really do believe in him, but I think there is risk attached to the name. And I think it's not in a good offense. And last year I, do, I don't like drafting guys in bad offenses. I hate it. Hate it so much. We'll no, talk about I, it on I mean, that's, before the show. that's fair. Um, and they're not going to be a good team either. So there's concerns that maybe they'll be behind in right. games a lot and be forced to throw it. Um, but yeah, so Mixon was, did have an ankle sprain at the beginning of last season that mm-hmm. he battled through the first few weeks of the season. So you could say that was an issue for him. Yeah. Um, but one more good thing I think for Mixon is he had 278 carries last year. Zach Taylor comes from a mm-hmm. coaching staff with Sean McVay. Um, and I think the Shanahan system where it's just ground and pound mm-hmm. McVay had, had Todd Gurley for those years. So I think he wants to use Joe Mixon like a lot, like a, a true right. workhorse. So I think he's going to get the work and I think the offense is improved enough where he's going to make a significant, maybe not significant, but he'll jump up from like RB 13 to like RB seven, RB eight in that range. Okay. Uh, the final guy we have on this list, number one, Joshua Jacobs. Um, I, for me, I think it's all about upside. Um, there's, I looked at his numbers a couple weeks ago and I was started to get a little bit sweaty and fell in love with him. Because he had two, he was pacing at 281 opportunities on the ground, and he was very good. Like I think it was eight, it was 280 opportunities with 1,400 rushing yards. Um, he's he is he is on par, maybe a little bit less, but somewhere around Nick Chubb in terms of talent rushing the football. Um, sure. He's very good at rushing the football. Uh, Leonard Fournette over the course of his entire career has had 72 broken tackles or something like that. Uh, Josh Jacobs had 69 all of last year. So um, he's a very good running back. Uh, His one problem has been pass catching and not, it's not really been a problem for him. It's just that they did not get him involved in that area. John Gruden has said that they are going to try to get him involved passing the football this year or, or passing the ball to him this year. 
and that he's going to get more catches. If he gets around 40 catches this year and adds like, you know, 300 to 400 more yards on top of that, and then he gets like 12 touchdowns. I mean, the guy is a top five running back easily. So I think for me, I think Josh Jacobs, he already has a good, he has a Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb floor with a pass catching ceiling, you know, that puts him in the top five. And I think that in terms of, you know, rushing, we know what we're getting from Josh Jacobs and you're really not taking that big a risk in the early part of the second round, drafting a guy that you know is going to finish in the top 10 and may very well catch 40 passes next year and absolutely freaking rip souls out in terms of uh, breaking out. So I I think he's going to be very good. I think he is the safest safest breakout running back he's safer than miles sanders 100 he's safer than clyde he's safer than any running back we've talked about on this show today um and i think that he has the high I, i'm surprised that more people are not talking about josh jacobs as a breakout this year because he legitimately is like he's gone under he for some reason has gone under the radar yeah i mean i don't i don't know why because he is like you said he absolutely is the safest player mm-hmm. and he's still got a high ceiling because safe the, players aren't only, aren't the sexy ones though right exactly but he does have a high ceiling still because he only had 20 catches last year and he only played in 13 games and he had 242 rushes if he gets like you said the 40 catches 45 catches like i mean what did he didn't he say he wanted to catch 60 balls i mean right. i don't think that's gonna happen but it just shows that if he, he wants did to though improve his receiving game oh if, i mean if he did yeah. it's, it's RB, over rb2 RB, RB rb3 for sure uh, RB one move over Christian. I don't know. I don't know. About <laughs> I'm, <it>. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, what's underrated with him too, is the offensive line with now the Vegas Raiders. It's weird to say that, but the Las Vegas Raiders is pretty good. They uh, pro football focus has them ranked as the 11th offensive line going into the 2020 season. So it's pretty solid. And they're known for having a very good interior offensive line as well, um, which is going to help Jacobs in the running game. Uh, and he was fantastic last year. Right. Anyway, before getting injured, he only had seven total touchdowns too. Like that could, that number could go up very easily um, with a potentially better offense. Because last year, if you remember the mm-hmm. Raiders, they, they were okay, but they, they had a lot of injuries, especially on offense this year. Darren, I mean, other than Tyrell Williams, they're off. They added Henry Ruggs, yeah. uh, Brian Edwards, um, Hunter Renfro, who I think tore his ACL like early in the season last year, or midway through mm-hmm. the season is back healthy again. So that offense should be at least decent, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little bit better than it was last season. Um, all good things for Josh Jacobs. I mean, there really is not a con when you're talking about pros and cons with Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Um, right. The only thing is maybe they have, they have a lot of running backs on the roster. So there's a chance yeah. like they might use one of the guys a little more than you'd hope, but I don't expect that to happen at all. Um, They've talked about using Josh Jacobs this year mm-hmm. as a three down back. Obviously. Um, yeah, go ahead. I said obviously. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's the phone connection, bro. It's that Zoom connection. It, it's all right. It's all right. I forget. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, J- Jacobs, like you said, he's got, he's got a really high floor, the highest floor of any of these guys that we've talked about, and he's still got the upside. So he, he if you're in the second round and he's on the board, you should take him. Uh, agreed. That'll do it for our second round running back rankings. Um, I haven't heard anything on Leonard Fournette. He's going to sign GM Tom Brady. He's trying his darndest. Yep. Dang, dude. That would be crazy. We're probably, we're going to have to talk about this on Monday, but thank you for listening to the fantasy champions, fantasy football podcast. 
Hopefully we have Leonard Fournette news on Monday. We have a mock draft. Final show for the actual offseason, I guess. Mm-hmm. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Buy the draft guide. Check out our website. Let's talk to you Tuesday, friends. Later. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs. <laughs>